Now, it's been brought to my attention that Mark provided a comprehensive and entertaining head-to-toe kit. The uh, hocker jaws have one downside, which is that they dye your feet blue. Doesn't really matter, I suppose. But yeah, I'd rather not look like a junior smurf. And clothing summary last week. The critical bit is the underwear. So I've got um, the merino rondewear, which is a phenomenon, like being gently cradled. And unlike my trainers, don't turn the contents blue. But I merely pronounced that I was delighted with my vest which was deemed not satisfactory by Mike. So here is the full rundown of what I hope to wear and use for the BGR. My shoes are Mammoth 201s, size 12. Now, I'm really an 11, but A, I had Helen's shoe thoughts in mind about giving my feet room to be fantastic. You want a lovely broad toe box that looks like your feet. Broad enough, long enough, your foot should lengthen under load. If you don't allow it to, then you're, you're missing part of the, the, the wonder of what the foot can do to help you in gait at whatever speed. And B, the size 12s were in the sale. My new waterproof jacket is a dare-to-be blue one. Nice hood with a peak, taped seams, it's very light and thin, just a little bit big and flappy in high winds. Again, the XXL that I bought was in the sale. But it's fine when I'm wearing a pack, because that sort of tethers it down. I loved wearing my pack this day. It made me feel like a superhero. My pack is the 10-litre decathlon one. It's great. Only about 25 quid, loads of pockets, nice snug fit, and I use it with a 1-litre water bladder. My trail running shorts come from decathlon, and they're brilliant too. Nice fit floaty light material lots of useful pockets including zips at front and back i'm planning to wear running vests for legs two three and four mainly because i have tattoos on my shoulders and it seems a waste to cover them up i'll wear a light long-sleeved rohan fleece top that i've got for leg one and probably a black salomon t-shirt for leg five just to look cool in the pub afterwards i wear hilly socks short ankly ones and I'm still pondering whether to use poles or not um, but that feels like cheating but then maybe it feels stupid to not use all that free power with my kit I'm trying to cover the safety and the technical aspects of what you should have to be on the mountains do I really properly respect the mountain without spending a lot my reality is that I live in Portsmouth and go nowhere near any high fells 99% of the time so I don't really want to spend a fortune on clothing that I will struggle to justify to my current long-term life partner. Hi, and welcome to our podcast about the Bob Graham Round. A 66-ish mile run in the Lake District up and over 42 of England's tallest mountains in under 24 hours. Recorded throughout 2018 and 2019, this is an audio account of a year preparing for and attempting the BGR. These are our Bob Graham sounds. That would be good. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Which I, I, I could sort of, when I came up last month, I could sort of imagine, you know, I, I did go up Skiddle thinking, oh, I'm not, this used to be like the worst thing that ever happened to me going up Skiddle, but now it's kind of like, oh, you know what's coming, you kind of, yeah. This episode, 9C, the third part of our Ricky Nicky Ricky trilogy, includes a Ricky and that Ricky, both in the Lake District. The Ricky is Lightfoot, the Cumbrian runner, world champion, 
medalist at the World Long Distance Mountain Running Challenges. He's won the Three Peaks Race, the Wasdale, the Borrowdale, the Ennerdale, the Three Shires and the Skiddaw. He's been sponsored by Solomon since 2008, works as a firefighter in Workington, and I met him before his pre-work run on a Sunday morning, which meant a very early start. As a bowl cuts the water Now I will be The recce involves Beanie, Mark, me and a new voice, Matt. He's a lovely friend of Beanie's, great runner, not terribly experienced in the high fells, but he lives in West Yorkshire, so he gets out on lots of moorland. He comes from London and supports Arsenal. One of the key Bob Graham sounds for our team during these years of visits to recce different legs is this. The lovely, gentle English hubbub of the dining room of the Howkeld guesthouse at breakfast time. Howkeld is run by Laura and Jerome. The breakfast is amazing and they are more than happy to cater for pesky part-time vegans like Beanie. Thank you very much. Benedict now for you. You're Oh wow, thank you Jerome, you're an amazing man. That was good. So tomorrow I might, I might, I might bend a bit and ask something else. I knew you were. So I came here with Emma in November Yeah. of course was fully... Very strict. Very strict, right. But I might be different tomorrow morning. On my wedding day, our main wedding meal was vegetarian. And everyone was like, oh yeah, eat vegetarian. Bob and Joe want us to eat vegetarian. Then the next morning I had a full cooked breakfast. (laughs) Everyone was like, what? (laughs) Now, obviously, it's a bit fancy for a group of so-called hardened fell runners. But if we'd stayed in a hostel or camped, we wouldn't have hit the fells as well-rested or as well-fed, which might have made running all day more of a struggle. That's my justification, and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, we have all loved it there and remained B&B loyal throughout our years of recce weekends and attempts. I heartily recommend it, and for the real creme de la menthe experience, ask for the Beanie and Bob twin room at the very top. It's the best, in my opinion. Anyway, that was the sounds of breakfast on the Saturday. First, we need to flash back and hear about our Friday afternoon leg four recce. It's the 10th of May, five past seven, at the end of what should have been a run along leg four. But um, for me, it had to be aborted very early. We drove to Honister and ran from Honister over into Wasdale and the descent into Wasdale just killed me. I just ended up having to um, hobble my way down and then um, I bought the run. Mark and Matt went on and ran leg four. They're still out there and we're going to go meet them in a minute. And then uh, Beanie very kindly stayed with me and we walked back and had a lovely walk in their chat. Uh, But my quads are just ruined and I don't know why. Because I've run recently in the Purbex for sort of three hours. Been running regularly on Portsdown Hill near me. I ran 28 and a half miles two weeks ago without any of that. But it is a niggly problem that I've had 
It's come back a few times. So it's come back a couple of years ago when I was up here. The first day, the first descent, I got this awful cramp and then I managed to sort of walk my way back into it and then the following day I went out and ran all of leg three without a problem. But I've had it a couple of months back when I was trying to run down Butzer Hill and it left me miserable. And now I don't know what quite know what to make, you know. Obviously in lots of ways it was a nice day today. I still walked eleven miles in the lakes up and down and I got to see my oldest schoolmate Beanie and have a good chat and, and so that was great. But in terms of being six weeks away from the Bob Graham round and unable to run even one leg of it without legs cramping up, that's pretty poor. So obviously the logical response is you're just not fit enough, you need to sort out all sorts of things before you're ever likely to do it. But the romantic in me wants to just give it a go and so how do I practically in six weeks turn it around from here? First of all I think I decide what I'm going to do tomorrow, either a really long walk or try and run, see how I feel in the morning and then how am I going to take the next six weeks? Do I go and get hypnotherapy? Is it some kind of psychosomatic thing where I panic and feel the stress and get this tensed cramps or do I need to just go out every day and run up and down a hill for two hours even if it's boring just do it just to get miles and miles of up and down hill stuff into my legs and stop cycling and just run instead or do I do both ironically on the way to Honister we've been listening to this interview with Dom Irvin all about overcoming obstacles and just deciding you're going to do it and not dropping out. <laughs> you have to make the decision whether you're going to finish or whether you're going to quit. And that's such a key decision. Now, will I or won't I, once you decide I'm going to finish, the only question you've got to decide after that is, how am I going to finish? And that's a different mindset than am I or am I not going to. And then within about an hour, I wanted to drop out and in the end, did drop out. So, hmm. So I think you can hear in my voice that I'm baffled, but remaining calm, haven't gone into full misery mode yet, and I put that down to the fact that I am in the beautiful Lake District with some really good friends. So we went out in the car to pick up those friends, and that kept me on track. And how did you find, um, Matt, the fact that a lot of it is a bolder fest, because obviously that's something that maybe would be new for you? Yeah, it was all new, all big, sort of difficult, different, technical... Because all, all the running, what you do, kind of, you know, on the moors, the southwest Pennine stuff, there's none of that really, is there? I mean, no. There's like two or three stretches yeah, where it's, it's, it's a bit like that. Yeah. There's hills, and there's bog, and there's mud. I'd forgotten how um, unrunnable and and sort of annoying, <laughs> you know, just sort of like, oh, God, I'm stumbling all the time rather than yeah. feeling like I've got any momentum. It just starts to just wear you out mentally because you're just annoyed at it. And it's kind of that immediate, after the trudge, you know, that immediate technical downhill running after you've got to the summit is, is really difficult if right. you're not used to it, you know. Yeah. Um, are, you, are you a swift descender? No. No, 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 not at all. I think again you've been modest. I think on a trail you would be, 
well. But I just think on that, it's, it's more of an art form, isn't it? It, yeah. it takes a lot of practice to acquire those boulder hopping skills. Yeah. Well, as Bob says, part of it is just giving in to the fact that it's shit. <laughs> and you're going to kick every rock and trip over and your shoes are going to fall apart. And you're going to have to tell your wife that in addition to all the money you've spent getting here and staying here, Accidentally spent £100 on a pair of jeans. <laughs> oh, you're going to buy the cheapest pair of jeans for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's big news. I'm going to walk in in these, though. I'm not going to look like I've, you know, come up to the I can't believe you bring a spare pair. I think there needs to be quite a big sale on for you to get a pair of shoes for £100 in George Fisher. Well, the, the RRP of these, these, my dude, they're falling a bit in 300 kilometres, so it's possibly not them. Yeah, I was going to say they're quite new, aren't they? Relatively. I do love them, but. So, once again, there was a lot riding on Saturday's run, and after that hearty breakfast you heard us having, I went for it. a day mates back in the same room it's uh, 6 30 on saturday the 11th of may and um been out and run 22.9 miles in seven hours and 19 minutes taking in most of leg two of the bob graham setting off from threlkeld and then um going up steel fell and then all the way back to Keswick over a couple of uh, other peaks and through lots of bogs and then back and down along the edge of Verderwent Water. So really long day, seven and a half hours of running and I didn't have any of the cramps yesterday. So goodness knows what it is. I think I might see a you know, hypnotherapist or something like that because it just feels like it's a, a panic that then becomes a feedback loop of I'm panicking so I'm tensing up so then the cramp gets worse and uh, but it's clearly not an injury and uh, although I was really tired at points today I could keep going through it and feet are a bit sore and my hips a bit achy but you know I'm not injured uh, I'm just pushing myself and uh, and so it's great it's so encouraging to to do all of that today I just do not know why it went wrong yesterday why I couldn't run down that first because there's so much descending today and actually descended really fast my quads were were fine you know I, I, I enjoyed the descents I, I really found that the coaching I've had in running from Helen made me able to run when I'm tired in a way that it doesn't become poor form but yeah I really loved it today so I feel like I'm back in the game for making an attempt now. Oh, what a bloody relief. Now let's go out and get hammered. No, okay, let's not. I have to be up early to interview Ricky Lightfoot and then drive 347 miles home to the south coast. But it'd be rude not to have a couple. All right. Here we are in the... In the car park under Grisdale Pike at 
5.45 in the morning after I found the right car park and I'm with Ricky Lightfoot. Morning. Morning, how are you doing, Ari? Yeah, good. Is this your regular early morning run? Um, yeah, some days. Um, like I start work at nine, so usually I get out for a couple hours before before work. Mm. Um, and it totally depends on the mood. Sometimes I'll drive out the... the you know, along the road, not knowing where I'm going to go, and you know, my my run changes a few times before I actually get there. Okay. So. Um, but this is a favourite, is it? Uh, yeah, Pike. a lot of the, a lot of the time, because Grisdale's the closest fell till you know till home and work. It's it's a lot easier, so it means I can run for longer. Right. Yeah, we walked it last year. We sort of parked down in Braithwaite and walked in a bit of a horseshoe oh, and came, right, yeah. ended up coming down Grisdale Pike. But it's steep in parts, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good fella, so you've got access to, to Winlighted and you can get ask, access to some of the western fells and do, you know, you can get plenty in around there. Right. And how are you doing at the moment? Are you are you fit? And uh, you were recovering from an injury, I think. Yeah, I had an operation. It was two years ago this month, uh, a hip operation. Um, so it took quite a while to get back from that, probably best part of 18 months. Mm. But, you know, now, you know, I'm feeling a lot stronger. You know, I feel as though I'm in a position where I was before the operation. Um, you know, I still get the, the odd, odd niggle on it and, and stuff like that. But, right. you know, it, it's it, it, the operation worked anyways, basically. Yeah, and you're back racing again. You did the Three Peaks race just... Yeah, I've done a, I did a few races last year and then the plan was to, you know, race a bit, you know, do a few more this year and um, just see how it goes, really. I'm up here this weekend wrecking for our Bob Graham attempt and uh, you, as far as I know, have done one in the winter. Yeah. Uh, why did you pick the winter, first of all? Well, I, I attempted it a few years ago as well, probably 2010, um, and I got to Dunmail Race and the, the, it was mid-winter um, and the weather was just so bad, you know, there was, you know, snow up to your thighs and, you know, top of Dunmail Pass was covered in snow right. Scott, um, down in Wasdale it was covered in snow the, my support couldn't get in there so we decided to cancel it at Dunmail Race right. which was a sensible decision um, but yeah I, I've always thought if I did it in winter a summer round would be you know in comparison pretty easy Yeah. so that was, that was my logic and um, yeah I did it in, in 2015 I uh, did it in January and uh, what's your relationship with the, the BG? Have you have you sort of heard about it since you were a tiny a tiny runner uh, and always wanted to do it? Have you wrecked for lots of people you know, and uh, supported lots of rounds and things? Yeah, I mean the, the Bob Graham. I didn't start running until I was about fifteen, and I, I'd never heard of the Bob Graham. To be fair, okay, I'd never heard of much fell racing to be honest um, until I did that first fell race and I got sort of hooked on it um, I started training with a guy who was a, like a caretaker at school and me and a lot of the kids would, would meet him at lunch or after school to, to train and would do a session round what we call the cross country course um, and I always remember when I would knock for him um, it was called Brian Taylor um, I would knock on his door and he would have the certificate on his in his hallway oh, Bob Graham round when he completed yeah. it and I remember having a chat with him about it a few times and um, I thought I'll, I'll never be able to do that like running for 20 odd hours or you know I think he did in 22 hours or something like that right. I thought that just seems so far out of what I'm capable of but 
slowly but surely the seed was sown back then and it continued and I thought oh, maybe I could have a go oh, I'll tell you what I'm just going to have a go and it, it, that's how it happened you know right. uh, yeah, everybody's done it and then people in the club are saying oh when are you going to have a go and you say oh yeah and it eventually developed into me doing one so and will you do a summer round will you have another, another um, yeah I think so but I you know, I still feel as though, you know, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to run for, you know, 30, 40 mile and still feel, and it feel as though I can go longer. But at the minute I'm, I'm running, you know, I'm running 30 mile and feeling tired like, so for, from, obviously you, you, you feel tired after 30 mile, but, yeah. you know, there's still like, before the operation I, I could, I could run a long way and feel pretty good and mm. get the ascent and descent in. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've still a little bit more to do if I want to have a go at a summer round, I think. And if you're a really good runner and a well-known runner, there's there's a bit more pressure on it as well. You don't want to do a round that's not very good, do you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there is pressure, but obviously I, w- I want to try and get the best out myself, to be honest. And, you know, I feel at the minute I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Um, you know, I could probably, I, I do think I could run round in maybe 18 hours, but, you know, to run round in, you know, 13 you know, 13 hours, 14 hours, I just don't feel I could do that at the minute. Right. Were you involved in any way in Killian's uh, round? No, I was uh, I was away in France that, that weekend and it was pretty short notice, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you like to have been? Um, you know, I've been... I always like supporting a Bob Graham round and I've supported loads over the years. Uh, I've supported one in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah, it'd be nice to be part of it, but you know, I've I've done done plenty of them. Um, uh, I'm not bothered either way, to be honest. Right. And has has his round? What, what, what do you make of it? You know, are you sort of thinking, oh, I wanted to get that record, um, or or you kind of feel no, differently I'm, about it? No, I'm not. I'm I'm not, I'm not bothered really. You know, records that be broken, and you know, anybody's entitled to have a go at the round. So. Um, for Killian to come and and do it is great. Yeah, yeah. it certainly um, upped the public profile of the Bob Graham, didn't it? I mean, it got a lot of coverage all over the place. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think it's sort of uh, you know it's it's sort of put it put it out there again. But I think it you know there's a there's a high at that moment, and people say, oh, you know, I do we I want to do it and. You definitely get a lot more um, sort of Europeans coming across to, to attempt it, right? Um, but but yeah, it sort of dies down again, and people forget about it, and you know, which is which is good. And the the numbers are still sort of two thousand, you know, completions somewhere yeah. around there. Yes, it hasn't gone stratospheric, no, has it? No, it hasn't had like you know, it hasn't jumped up to four thousand, you know. No. Uh, Another runner I've spoken to for this podcast is Ricky Gates, um, who's a fellow Salomon runner like yourself. Did you help him on his his round with Scott Jurek? Yeah, I've done legs one and two. Right. Uh, and they had a real struggle over day, I think, just because they were a bit battered from loads of other running. Do you remember much about, about um, their attempt? Yeah, well, they, they decided to do Coldale Horseshoe Fell Race on this Saturday, and I think... They were stopping down at um, Don't Water Independent Youth Hostel on, you know, the side Don't Don't Water Lake, and um, they come back from that and they, they said we fancied about doing a Bob Graham. Right. And I can't remember what time we met in the morning, but I met them for 
for leg one. And they we, set off at three in the morning or something, didn't they? Yeah, for a strange time. Yeah. And uh, we sort of scrambled a team together. Well, there wasn't much of a team, to be fair. I think there was me, legs one and two, and then there was uh, Ian Mulvey and his partner on three, four, and possibly five, I think. Right. So, uh, but yeah, we set off on leg one and uh, got, got a little bit wrong coming off skidder in the mist and Ricky was saying, oh, it's this way because they'd recorded the, the thing before, the week uh, before. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we got round all right, legs one and two, but we, they were flying, they were, they were under 20 hours to Dunmill Rears. It was just, I think, leg... Um, Scott's legs and his feet couldn't handle the, the rockiness of legs three yeah, and four. That's pretty horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have a favourite? Like if you're asked to support, do you have a are you a specialist in any particular leg? Do you have a favourite? Uh, not really. To be honest, to be honest, I, I, I like them all. You know, just being out in the fells makes me happy. So you know, but I love getting out at sunrise and sunset. Hmm. Um, and you know, I love I love going over Scorfell. Um, that's one of my favourite parts of the lakes. Kit wise and and food wise, uh, do you have any any tips for uh, doing around and uh, essential things to remember and so on? Um, I think I think the most important thing in training is um, getting the a good amount of ascent and descenting because I, I think that you know you could maybe run a long way um, for hours and hours but if you haven't been putting the climbs in and the descents it's a descent what's going to really sort yeah. of your legs up um, it's just that accumulated you know after your first couple of couple of legs you've done you know three three thousand metres or so uh-huh. so you, you need you need to get the the descents in um food wise and stuff i mean find something what you're comfortable with um i can't remember what i had on my round really i you know i was just snacking away the whole time i think it's little and often is it makes a big difference um, but I sort of craved savoury, and I can remember eating a tikka masala going off a car fell, just out of a out of a bag like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it it sorted me out. Uh, and uh, the winter round, I mean, how how wrapped up are you then? And that, I mean, what how many layers are you having to wear? Um, yeah, my my round, you know, it's it's pretty horrible to be honest. Like, and it was mm. an experience that I never want to sort of experience again which I, I have again since you know had some pretty horrible days out on the fell right i set off on leg one and it was fine but the legs two three and four were pretty horrible to be honest it was we had sleet and snow and it was a really cold wind uh temperatures were, were really down and you know we'd, we'd been so wet as well uh-huh. um the wind chill took it down even more uh but I, yeah i had i had a Maybe three pair of trousers on, um, four jackets or something like that. <laughs> and even even then, the the rain got through and I got yeah. wet underneath. And um, I can remember being so cold going over sort of esk pike um, through snow and that, and there was no visibility. I was just, uh, you know, I thought I thought my days were going to end up there. Like that's how bad I felt. Oh man. Well, it's nothing like that today. Beautiful morning. Um, have a good run. Thank you very much for, for your time. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, thanks very much. So 
where, where are you off? Are you off to run a day, or are you just heading home today? I think I'm going to have to head home today, and then I, I'm hoping to get one more weekend in before our yeah. attempt. We sort of did most of leg two, and then came came back, went up Steel Fell, and then along sort of ridge that comes down over high, oh, a high raise, high tove or uh, something like yeah. that, in back into Keswick. So we sort of did about 23 mile yeah. uh, loop yesterday, which was. Uh, it's good, and like you say, the descent is the is yeah. The thing, right? It's a big thing, like because nice as soon as <laughs> yeah, if you if you you know if you run that first descent up Blank Catherine, you get to the bottom, you think bloody hell, my legs are feeling that like it's not a good sign. No, yeah. no, I, and I live in the south, so it's hard yeah. for you to get it in. Yeah, so I'm just gonna have to. It was a good a good learning curve this weekend of thinking right, I, I just need to find a hill and just go up and down it as yeah. much as I can. I think even, you know, giving, giving your legs a good battering a couple of weeks out, like, you know, heading to, you know, finding you a big hill somewhere and just absolutely hammering it down. Mm. And, you know, sometimes that works, like, but, yeah, you can't, it's hard to substitute that sort of a descent, like. Yeah, I just find that the, the hills in the south, there's some steep bits, but they're just so short. Yeah, and yeah. And then you come in and you think, ah, it's so yeah, long. You can run downhill for half an hour, more or less. Yes. In yeah. some places. Yeah, amazing. No, but I, I, well, I hope it goes all right anyway. So. Yeah, thanks. I'll, I'll, um, I'll let you know how we do. I know. Let us know when you're going and I'll maybe get out if I'm around. Like. Yeah, brilliant. All right. Yeah, Don't do. forget your uh, thing on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. I, I, nice to meet you, Bob. Anyways. Yeah, lovely to meet you. Thank all you for right, making yeah. time for us. No, That's well, great. Bye. nearly 7 o'clock on Sunday morning I've been for a bit of a wander up to the start of leg one from Keswick after talking to Ricky Lightfoot who was lovely and uh, nice and down to earth practical so I just thought I'd walk from Moot Hall uh, just up the path to where you see the first signpost for Skiddor, four miles. I'm not dressed for a proper walk this morning, and uh, I'm just going to go back and get breakfast before driving all the way home. But uh, it's quite nice just to stretch my legs for an hour and just mulling over in my mind what the possible training uh, machinations are over the next few weeks, what things I need to try and fit in. My legs don't feel bad. So, with a whole whirl of positives and negatives running through my head, I go to the Oracle. Hi Helen, I hope you're well. It's a lovely sunny Sunday morning and I'm just driving away from the Lake District after a weekend of uh, running. Preparation for the Bob Graham... My rock in times of BGR fitness panic. Posture and movement specialist running coach... Helen Hall. Um, I'm considering whether something like hypnotherapy is a, an idea. Just wondered what your thoughts on that, whether you sort of have any ways to calm that or, or ways to alleviate that. Uh, I'm probably waffling a bit now, so I shall uh, go. And here she taps back her reply. Hi Bob, great news overall. 11 very hilly miles of walking, 23 miles of running, great, great news! Exclamation mark. Re your quads. 
Given, it seems, from your description to be symmetrical, the first thing I'd look at is your electrolytes. Are you taking them on board? Is your sweat salty? Have you added more to your general diet as well during the efforts? If the answer to all of these is yes, then I'd use EMDR. Remember that weird hippie music? In your headphones, for the last 15 to 20 minutes of a climb to calm the system and preempt the building anxiety. But it's this text exchange that could be what my BGR will hinge on. Me. Helen, do you think not cycling for the next six weeks until our Bob Graham and just running would be good for my quad health? Helen. Yes, I'd put money on it. Me. Fab. Just what I needed to know. Thanks. Uh, so it was a good weekend, just a funny little postscript. It's uh, Sunday morning and uh, I'm now driving away from Keswick, sadly, on a beautiful sunny morning. The Fred Wetton cycling race is on, so there are lycra-clad men and a few women pouring past me uh, as I drive off down the A66, heading home, feeling that it went pretty well on balance, but it's been a good wake-up call to what needs to be done over the next six weeks. So I just have to see now how I can try and fit that into family life. Not panic about it, but just try and get as much hills run as I possibly can. I'm now just driving past Threlkeld, so in between Blencathra and Cloughhead. Pretty exciting seeing them and getting that taste of imminent attempt. Oh, and when I get back, I get some earth-shattering muscle cramp news from a friend of a friend of my wife's. Now, here's a funny thing. I got home and was re-acquainting myself with my wife, and we were chit-chatting about what had gone on whilst I was running in the lakes over the weekend, and she was at home. And she had a friend come visit who's got another friend who is in some kind of clinical research and was looking into muscle cramps. My wife Jo had been talking to Tracy about Tracy's friend who does this research and Tracy said scientists are not really sure what causes cramps but one thing that came out in all the research was that one thing that stops them better than anything else is vinegar and in particular the vinegar from jars of pickles. I hate vinegar and I hate anything pickled. I've just had a teaspoon of the juice from a jar of Rosebud Preserves English pickled onions, which was pretty foul, and then a, for just for good measure a teaspoon of the juice of a jar of pickled jalapeno peppers. Both foul. I'm now washing it down with a beer. But um I'm going to do a spoonful of that each day and apparently then what uh, ultra runners will do is take a sachet of malt vinegar with them so that if they get cramps they can down that. So I'm going to do that and consume it on the way up Skidor or near the top of Skidor so that I'm preventing the cramps. So now I feel like that's one more box ticked. All that remains is for me to run 70 miles in 24 hours over 42 peaks so yeah it's all it's all to play for <laughs>